Hey there, welcome to The Hot Slice, the weekly podcast brought to you by Pizza Today magazine. I'm your host, Jeremy White, editor-in-chief of Pizza Today, joined by none other than Miss Denise Greer, our esteemed executive editor. Why, hello, hey, Jeremy. Hello. Denise, she's even speaking esteemed, esteemedly. I, I am. And you know what? It is right now, let's say mid-September. And yeah. uh Man, we're getting ready for some really exciting times in the pizza industry. So I'm, we I'm are. jazzed. I'm jazzed. This is uh, my favorite time of year in general. Personally yeah. speaking, yeah. I, you know, I have a birthday this time of year. I have a wedding anniversary this time of yeah. year. Um, it, there are things uh, going on that uh, so I'm a sports fanatic and all, this, all the sports ha- yeah. are happening right now. So you have major league baseball playoffs, you have college basketball getting ready to start, you have college football, NFL. Yeah. So this time of year just, just really gets me going. But for the pizza industry, it's also a huge, massive important time of year as well. Absolutely. It is, uh, you know, we've got national pizza month. Uh, I'll yep. give it a little, a little plug, make sure that you go to our toolkit, which you're going to see in the show notes uh, to get some ideas on how you can celebrate national pizza month. Cause it's going to be pretty awesome. And then we have one huge pizza event happening in October that I hope everybody comes out to yeah pizza and pasta northeast in Atlantic City Atlantic City uh, yeah. we've already got our tickets we've got the hotels we're all ready to go we're ready to go and attendance for this event um I monitored awesome. some of the numbers the other day I took a sneak peek attendance is really really strong for this show yes. so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. There are going to be a lot of outstanding pizzeria owners from really from around the country, but he- heavily Northeast, of course, mm-hmm. uh, it's a Northeast event, but uh, it can be a lot of great pizza people there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, Denise. I am too, you know, and I, I'm really looking forward to one of our keynotes that we happen to have on the show today, Yeah, you know, so how did you make this happen? You know, cause you know, he's one of our own and we love him to death and uh, he's just got so much going on. So how did you get him? So John Gutekanst is the uh, speaker in question. He will be Yay. delivering a keynote address at Pizza and Pasta Northeast. John is the owner of Avalanche Pizza in Athens, Ohio. And he slice contributes, shop. yeah, and slice shop. That's right. He contributes um, to Pizza Today magazine. He MCs the International Pizza Challenge at Pizza Expo in Las Vegas. Uh, he he's just a well-rounded, mm-hmm. versatile, amazing pizzeria maker, a pizza pizza maker, pizzeria owner. Um, yeah, he's got a great thriving business. He he bakes. He has a creative menu. He's a creative individual. He spent a lot of time in um, really high-end restaurants. It's kind of where he cut his teeth. Yeah. So he brings that perspective into the pizza shop each day. Um, every time I talk to John or read something he has written, I learn, I grow, I develop, yeah. I, I I become more knowledgeable in this industry. He, he's just a wealth of information. And uh, John's a little flamboyant. He's a little, um, you know, he gets... He gets excited. He gets passionate. Yeah. And um, he puts that on full display, which I can appreciate because I got a little bit of that in me as well. Yeah. And, and I can so appreciate excited. that. John is super entertaining, as you well know, Denise. Yeah. So his For keynote sure. address 
it's going to be a must attend at Pizza mm -hmm. and Pasta Northeast because you're going to be entertained and you're going to learn. Absolutely. You know, and let's just talk about his thirst for knowledge. He is yeah. constantly like looking at new ways of doing things, new approaches, um, new ingredients to use, how to source more things locally, how to, you know, where to find things like he is just he's on the hunt all the time, all the time, all the time. And so yeah, like, I can't wait to see him bring that energy and be able to share that um, with, right. with attendees. Cause I think they're going to, they, I mean, they're going to have their little notepads out, take a note. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, this movement um, that has become so prevalent today of sourcing local ingredients, what's mm -hmm. fresh, what's in season, what's grown, harvested nearby. Yeah. Uh, that's such a trend, such a huge part of the of the food industry in general right now, not just pizza. John really was at the forefront of that. I mean, a mm -hmm. really long time ago, he was working with local uh, Amish farmers in his community, yeah, uh, who were called who were uh, growing spelt, which is a an ancient grain, and yeah. he was utilizing that in his pizza crust and in, in, in his dough formula. Um, mushrooms, just so many, yeah. so many things that, that John has, has really been a leader and, and kind of has pushed, helped push the industry through his leadership, mm -hmm. uh, leading by examples, kind of helped push the pizza industry in that direction. And a lot, of, a lot of that does come back to, to John kind of being mm -hmm. a progressive visionary and, and moving in that direction himself. Yeah. And I, I can tell you that Every time I either read him, read from him, or yeah. hear from him, there is always a an ingredient or a process or something that I have never ever heard of. And he, right. I'm like, so what's that? Hang on, tell me more, because I, you know. And he, true to form, he did it during this podcast. <laughs> so. Su yeah, he he's super creative, and um, you know, also like Denise, you and I are writers and editors we are yeah. professionals this is how we make our living and we're re i don't brag we're really good at what we do yeah having said that oh i am man. jealous of john's you know every time he, he he submits an article to us the headlines the the, the subheads as he introduces a new topic yeah. the the creativity is off the charts and i have a feeling a lot of people who read the magazine think maybe as as editors you and you you or i write those nope i wish I wish, wish I, did. I could be that. I am so jealous of his creativity and the things he he comes up with. And I'm like, I wish I thought of that. John's he is a, brilliant. He is, a, off the he is a pun monster, man. He just he, he knows what he's doing. And yeah, I'm I'm so jealous of his ability to do that. But yeah, uh, I think we should just get him on the show because get him in here. It's a longer podcast, so it's uh you know, he's just sharing a lot of knowledge. So yeah. let's hop Ladies in. and gentlemen, John Gutekinds. Baccio is celebrating its 10 year anniversary, a decade of exceptional Italian pizza cheese, unmatched consistency and partners that have become family. If you haven't had the chance to try it, purchase Baccio today and enroll in the gold club to receive cash back for every pound you buy. That's right, get rewarded for every single pound of cheese purchased. Schedule a demonstration at bacciocheese.com slash hot slice to learn more. Pizza is your legacy. Build it with Baccio. Looking to grow your pizzeria or restaurant? Then you'll want to try the power of a cloud-based POS system. With Hunger Rush, you'll get everything you need. 
This fully integrated restaurant management system allows you to easily streamline operations, accelerate the delivery process, and grow your business through Hunger Rush 360 marketing. And it's so easy to use. Want AI-powered text ordering? It's built in. Need to track orders? No problem. Schedule a personalized demo at HungerRush.com today. Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. John, you're so creative in the kitchen. I always, um, you know, read your art, marvel as I read your articles at, at the creativity of some of the things you pull off. But before we get to some of the more complex stuff, I did want to talk to you about your your baking. Um, you're involved in your farmer's market locally where you sell loaves of bread that you bake on, I think, Fridays, right? Um, can you talk a little bit about that process and what got you into baking? Um, instead of just turning out pizzas all day long? Yeah. Well, I, I think it was actually 2006. I went to our farmer's market. It's, it's named as uh, the Audubon Society, named us as one of the best, 10 best farmer's markets in the, in the country. Oh, wow. And it's busy. It's, it's, yeah. it's cranking. There's some people there who are making some. I've been to smart, it. Smart ones are making really mm-hmm. good yeah. big farming bucks. Anyway, yeah. uh, I saw this baker there and I was like, wow. I could do that. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. And I just started and it, it's gotten to the point now since 2006 till now that I really, uh, it, it takes up a lot of my week, uh, but it, it's really great. I'm able to uh, use a lot of local stuff. Uh, yeah. We have a, a local mill. Uh, so I use local grains. I can experiment with uh, lots of other stuff. And we sell out and we're still selling out like a half an hour before it closes. Wow, that's so nice. And when you say sell out, how many loaves are we talking about? We we counted once at about 450 pieces. What? Uh, 475 pieces of bread. Uh, flat. I, don't, I hate the word flatbreads. Flatbreads, breads. Okay. Um, now I'm really getting into the uh, uh, Roman style pizzas. Mm-hmm. Uh, pizza Biancos and stuff like that. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, but it's a it's a real tough bake because I go in about nine thirty at night and bake till like eight, and then carry it all down there. And that's setting yeah. up a tent, is getting uh-huh. everything health uh-huh. uh, health wise yeah. done, and then uh, just selling it off with a couple people. And I've got my son actually prepping for me earlier in the night, which is really cool mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. What a hustle. Hey, what flowers are you? I know that you were, you'd get, you'd gotten some spelt, I think from a local Amish farmer that you had yeah. played with. What, what other flowers are, are you utilizing? Well, now we have some, we're using red fife. Oh and yeah. Kernza. Now Kernza, I was on the, the wave of that. I, I wanted to be the first pizzeria in America to do the Kernza thing. And uh, you know, that of course being in small markets, the other yeah. thing is, you don't have much uh, press that that covers you because you right. know, yeah. then they came out and they said, "Oh, this Chad guy Tartine is making Kernza." Blah, blah, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, um, the uh, the Kernza is the perennial wheatgrass, and really excited about that. Okay. Now, what happened was there's a Steve 
Coleman, who's a professor up at OSU Worcester, Ohio, who's growing it with, uh, in conjunction with the Land Institute out in Kansas. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And these roots are 10 to 15 feet long, okay? And oh, wow. all you have to do is show a farmer that and say, this, this plant will come up seven, six to seven years in a row. Keep coming up. You don't have to yeah. plow it. You don't have to do wow. anything. And talk about wow. something that would save the world. That, that truly is, is, is the, yeah. the way things should be going. But instead, we're plowing. The dust goes out. You have mm -hmm. to fertilize everything. And, uh, and, I, and I was surprised, actually, the reaction I got from a lot of pizza makers. You know, you'll see these people like on Netflix. Oh, I'm a forager and I'll do this. And yeah. blah, 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 mm -hmm. right. But like, what's your base? I mean, yeah. is it base sustainable? I mean, you're yeah. using Manitoba wheat, you know, and right now there's, they're literally, and this, this practice is horrible. They are spraying. So to, to, to get a quick harvest on yeah. the grains, they're spraying with it with Roundup. So it kills the plant so they can harvest it faster. And I'm just huh. like, my <laughs> gosh, what's going right. on? Now with but, this uh, Kernza, what, what makes it so special as far as the flavor, you know, what, uh, you know, and, and its uses and, and kind of how, you're, how you're able to use it. Yeah, that is a great question because that therein lies the rub. Okay. It's mm -hmm. smaller than a kernel of wheat. Okay? okay. And what they're doing is selective farming. Um, mm. and, uh, they're, they've gotten it to a, a larger, a larger wheat berry now. And mm -hmm. it grows a lot taller. So you've got a lot of breakdown too. So, so harvesting it is really a little rough, especially okay. when deer go in there and they, they, mm -hmm. they bed down for the night. So it falls down. Uh, now, the other problem is uh, cor corporatization of this. So what right. happened was uh, Steve with some guys came up with puffed Kernza. And it's so caramely and so freaking great, like coffee, caramel. And these puff, Kernzel puffs were just perfect. Uh, Minnesota is really, it's popping like crazy. Yeah. Uh, Patagonia Provisions is using it in beer and uh, they're using it in, in, in bars and stuff like that. So we, <laughs> the, the other problem with Kernza is the, uh, uh, it's got a really high protein content, mm -hmm. but the extensibility is terrible. Okay. Oh it, no. So we, we, we worked and worked with it and it's like, oh, let's just throw in some gluten, some straight up gluten and that'll help, which some bakers are doing with the Kernza. But I'm like, no, let's go the opposite way. We're doing pizza. Let's do. And uh, so we started doing a 20% hydrated dough, which is insane. 20%? What? Just to get someone to, to, to need that. They're like, are you sure, John? I need to add some more water. I'm like, don't add any more water. <laughs> so we used baking powder instead of yeast. Okay. And we ran it at 600 degrees. And it was the most delicious cracker crust you ever wow. tasted in your life. So, so a nice little thin crust cracker caramel. crust. Yes. Oh, so good. Hot right now. So yeah, some of these really ancient grains I have always been told by bakers are, are really thirsty, uh, need a lot of water. And so here you are with 20%. I mean, what are you just getting out the little dropper and just put a few drops in? <laughs> that's insane. Well, that's wow. the whole thing is sometimes it even crack, but you just put the crack back together again. Yeah. And it still makes up. So you're cool. Um, wow. But, uh, we had, um, 
I, really into that with the Peter Reinhardt has been been big hero of mine, and uh, you know he's he's off for the you know he's uh, doing the eight he started doing the ancient grains and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, Peter's uh, an outstanding resource, no doubt. Yes. Hey, while we're on the subject of uh, Peter, you know, let's t- let's talk about the flour uh, that we're doing the the flour blends at uh, P- yeah, Pizza and Pasta, Pizza and Northeast. Pasta Northeast. You know, what's what are some things that you're excited to talk about in that in that That's, presentation? Do you know, God? I, first <laughs> off, first off, <laughs> my, my wife says, uh, "What? So you're going to be on a panel with Peter Reinhardt, like <laughs> alone?" And I'm like. Yeah, he said, I'm, I'm like, she's like, here, that's a death wish, man. <laughs> I think you can keep up with him just fine. You can't BS that much, John. You're going to be like stuttering and stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know no, what? I, I think you got it. <laughs> I think you're going to nail it. Yeah. I think you're going to nail it. Well, I, I love just his total exuberance. His, uh, uh, Peter is just, he's so into into stuff and i i love the way his his terminologies are like when in he had a ted talk that's on youtube and it's really yeah. cool at the end when he talks about the dying you know you're you're building something to live and it's living and living and then you're killing it yeah to you know that's why they call it the staff of life so you, you so that you can live and um i really like that and he was uh talking about uh, you know, they used to, they used to, they used to have gruel eaters. I mean, literally before bread, they would eat gruel. And the, wow. I guess uh, there's a, the tribes in the Palestinian area of Israel used to be, they used to eat gruel. And as the, uh, the Egyptians around them and stuff like that had mm-hmm. bread, they would look down upon them as gruel eaters. <laughs> so Wow. <laughs> That's neat. crazy. I think about so, that every time I eat a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> How did you get so or you know so interested in in the history of food? Because when you write your food articles for Pizza Today magazine, yeah. you generally delve pretty deep into the hey. In 1691, someone <laughs> fell down at the bottom of the well, and there happened right. this root growing down there, and they ate it, and they didn't die, and now it's on yeah. pizza. Um, what got you in, into the history of food and where it originated and where it came from? Oh, it's just it, it's so fascinating that. You know, we're so myopic in our little little areas where we're, you know, we're doing stuff and it's just like, ooh, anchovies, you know, but people have been eating anchovies forever. I remember uh, there was in, uh, I opened a, uh, a restaurant in, at the Copley Plaza Hotel and they found old menus in there from 1912. They hated lobster because lobster is a cannibal, you know, mm-hmm. they wouldn't eat lobster, uh-huh. but they would eat terrapin, which is the turtle. And they loved it. So things just change around a, a lot. And I, I find that fascinating, really fascinating. The uh, uh, just the history, especially of grains. I mean, I yeah. mean, when yeah. you look at it, like I see the Amish out there with their four Clydesdales using the 16th century thing to cut spelt with. And then yeah. they stack yeah. it in a pile like that. Yeah. And, and let it dry out like that. It's like, this is insane. Yeah. And uh it's just such a lot of work, but uh, it's it's what we've been doing for a long time. And yeah. I, I really just that connection there. It's you feel that connection where in the pizza industry is probably the worst at it. It's like, no, I'm sticking down my little lanes and I'm anyone who goes outside that lane, be it pineapple or this or that. 
is dumb and I'm not going to follow them or whatever, you know? So it, yeah. it's a lot. And seeing that, I see that a lot in the competition uh, realm where you have the, like the hardest thing is the traditional competition uh, mm-hmm. uh, areas where I'm think I thought to myself, I'm like, hold it. This guy's using the same flour. He's using the same sauce, tomatoes, and the same cheese as that guy. How right. do you ever distinguish yourself? Right. Yeah. Just tell him you made, you know, mill your own flour, make your own cheese. Um, I really, I, I'm really into that now. Um, You're I making your own tree. cheese? Yeah, I have a fig tree now. And I tried right. this before and it didn't turn out well. But you take a fig branch and, and, and it, it's got, it's milky and it's a natural rennet. Uh, you've got to use really? a lot. I found out last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But wow. uh, I'm gonna make try to make some cheese with that. So oh wow, I'm making crescenza now, which is a combination of yogurt, cream, and milk, and you let it out, leave it out for uh, 12 to 24 hours, and then you add a little bit of rennet in there, and it creates this beautiful cheese that um, that they make a uh, uh, pizza. Uh, excuse me, there's a pizza in uh, Genoa, Italy, that they that they make with that. And uh, focaccia di recco, they call it focaccia yeah. di recco. And um, someone actually competed uh, in it. Vegas. They had focaccia di recco. I couldn't believe it. And yeah. some of the judges didn't know what it was. It was sad. <laughs> but <laughs> it's basically just fat cheese put on two thin layers and then baked off in the oven. And people will line up and get their slice nice and hot. It's just beautiful, magnificent. That yeah. sounds outstanding. The, the creativity that we see, just that you had just alluded to, even in the in the traditional division, uh, every year someone just comes through and, and blows our minds with with yeah. creativity. Yeah. You see it all because you're often back there uh, watching over it, uh, emceeing. Yeah. What things have you noticed that lead to success in that event? I'll tell you what, and I wrote about it. It's just going like a Viking. Go in like mm-hmm. a freaking Viking, man. You know what? Do what, you, what you've been doing, but put it on hyperdrive. Tell yeah. everyone what you're doing. Don't just say, this is the dough we use. <laughs> no. Yeah. Bring, you know, I've seen people bring, bring dough and stick it in the judge's face. And smell that. Smell that. That's the smell of my fermentation. And I got my starter from this and that. Yeah. And seeing that stuff, I saw pistachio crusted pizza from a guy in California and it was amazing mm-hmm. uh, amazing looking and that's uh, uh kind of what a lot of the judges are looking for now is that crust yeah, get that yeah. first and uh then just you know the the uh the cheese companies I know they're big and everything and they sponsor people and they they use the cheeses and stuff I'd like to see more done with cheeses mm-hmm. you know uh there's so many cheeses out there. And I, Havarti, I'm really into Havarti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh gosh, yeah. Uh, Gruyere, I love Gruyere. And um, we went in the oldest uh, fondue place in, in Geneva, Switzerland once. Uh-huh. All wood on the inside. And <laughs> uh, my my good buddy who was with me, he walked, we walked in the door, it was really small. And he's like, it smells like ass in here. <laughs> <laughs> And then the bartender's like doing his glasses. He's like, yes, sir. And we all speak English here too. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassed. I was like, oh. God. 
Oh, what a great crap. story. John, oh. if you were going to compete in the International Pizza Challenge in Las Vegas, let's say you're not going to MC, you're going to you're just going to jump in and compete. Two-part question for you. Which division would you choose to compete in and then B, what creation would you bestow upon the judges? Oh, gosh. You know, I would love to do the traditional. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do, and then do do a, a whole wheat crust or a spelt crust or, or actually even a Kearns across uh, something like that. And then just take all of the, just decom decompose everything. Just uh, make a sauce out of the green peppers and make a, you know, topping out of the, the tomatoes, smoked tomatoes. For, you can, you can use tomato skins. Tomato skins mm -hmm. are beautiful when you dehydrate yeah. them and they're crispy and everything like that. And just like turn it all around on its head. And, you know, like Chris uh, Tricarci, who's my managing partner, he comes and I'm like, how'd it go? I, he judges. He's, he's in the back, yeah. you know, tasting. And he's yeah. just like, you know, it's just, I wish they'd just get off the same old, same old stuff and sh mm. shock us. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for right. something. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. But yeah uh, oh those things are really exciting because there are actually people doing those and uh it's uh they're using i mean for an example i mean we're using we've had basil pesto since we opened okay and mm -hmm. we use this armonino basil pesto is really good but we add water to it because you know what it burns in the conveyor ovens mm -hmm. uh, uh, by itself so uh, by adding water you just you it, it distributes beautifully on a pizza and then in our slice house we add extra virgin olive oil to it okay and the oil and we shake it up and then it separates but you've got this beautiful basil oil that's on top of it now that we put on oh, yeah. pizzas wow i mean that's something spectacular that's awesome what now here's the big question for you right now with your with your shops is a, what special do you have running right now, and how'd you come up with it? You and know, what's it named? Because and I what's know it named? A crazy yeah. name for it. We did. Um, there was uh, Death Cab for Cutie was playing at one of the festivals here, and so I had a the and this just came uh, right out of the blue. My son's class they they started talking about this viral video that went on about a pickled pizza, and I'm like. And so the teacher called me. They're like, you know, you you, you guys are going to bring some pizza. I usually feed the schools a lot, and you guys are going to bring some pizza. Could you add some pickled pizzas there, Tom? So we did a pickle pizza, and it's got potatoes on it, thin crust, and it's just beautiful pickles. I mean, pickles and provolone mozzarella mix is just delicious. Yeah, and you've got that crunch. So we we did it, and then we just put it out there as death pickle for cutie. <laughs> So, yeah, that's on pizzatoday.com, that exact recipe. So if you all want it, it's on pizzatoday.com. Oh, yeah, so, it, it looks awesome. Yeah. And who ever thought that pickles would be? Uh, we I thought pickles were going to be a fact. Yeah. We thought, oh, gosh, pickles, they're going to come and go. It's going to be. That's, right. that's what awful. I thought. No, they're here. There's yeah. I, love, I mean, I love dill pickles. I love the flavor, the texture, but didn't know I'd love them on pizza the way I do. I really do love them on pizza. Yeah. Yeah. The other um, lane we went down was, is the mushroom, the mushroom. There are mushroom fanatics out there. They're like, 
they're like the spicy fanatics, you know, yeah. it's a small little niche, but there's a lot of them in it. <laughs> and uh, some people just go, oh, you've got that mushroom pizza. We do a spectacular mushroom uh, pizza and it's, uh, we put a holy shiitake <laughs> <laughs> Our mushroom pizzas here. And uh, that uh, along with like the anchovies, usually mm -hmm. about this time of year, we'll do an uh, anchovy fest. Whereas mm -hmm. the, I'll get some really gnarly pictures of sailors on the interweb and uh, put them in an ad and say, oh, the Athens fleet is back from their trip around the world catching anchovies. So, and I, I got this idea just because mm -hmm. I, I went to, I, I run from, I have three places that I get my corporate food from. Uh, and so they, I had all different anchovies in the back and I looked on the bottom. One was from Peru, one was from Morocco, one was from Spain, and one was from Italy, you know? Oh, wow. And it's, uh, I was like, wow, okay, well, so we ran with that, saying that they, they had been around the world and they're back now. They're, they're in port. <laughs> so we're, they're, they're offloading all the anchovies and we're putting them on pizza. So that was a fun uh, thing. That would be fun. That's I should awesome. like anchovies now. I never, I never thought I would like anchovies, and then somehow in my thirties I started liking them, and now right. I, I do like them a lot. And then you talk yeah. about mushrooms, so I know you're a forager. You, you like to go mushroom hunting, you yeah, know. Not yeah, just that proposition but... for me because I'm looking at it like, oh gosh, am I going to kill myself looking yes. for mushrooms? That's it. <laughs> I try to stay with the the regulars like lion's mane. Uh, mm -hmm. We've got mushroom people actually growing uh, stuff around here now too. Lion's oh, wow. mane, uh, the morels behind mm -hmm. them. Uh, but I love chanterelles in the middle of summer here. Yeah. They're they're so easily identifiable. And if the, it hasn't rained in a while, that hits. Uh, sometimes the rain droplets will hit the dirt and it goes up onto the chanterelles. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt to clean them. But I've worked in so many French restaurants that mm -hmm. uh, you know the the French go nuts for them, but. Uh, you know, Americans will just walk right through them. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything better than, than a morel that's just been freshly picked and properly prepared? Yeah, I mean, to butter. me, that, oh, that's, yeah. I'm not a mushroom fanatic. Oh, I am. Speaking, I but I love morels. Love yeah. them. They're yeah. so good. So, They're I, so good. I think we need to switch gears here because we have something we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. We, we need to talk that. about right now. No that uh john's gonna be our key a keynote speaker delivering at pizza a, yeah. and pasta Second northeast keynote. can we delivering uh, the keynote john's keynote. on the big stage with the bright lights main stage yeah, main it. stage now look you, you talk in front of crowds all the time you like we talked about you mc events at yeah. vegas so you do you're demos not yeah. you're not gonna be nervous you're, you're, you're comfortable <laughs> in the spotlight but um what are you gonna talk about man I don't know. You know, the keynote is is special. Keynotes really are. Uh, you you've got to give. You've got to just give everything because if yeah. if you're gonna tell them I... what not to do and who you how great you are, I think mm -hmm. that's just kind of like uh, we're all great, yeah. you know. And everyone in this industry is great. Yeah. I, I really want to get pronounced on, on the small guys. Okay. You can see all these great people in these great markets where people will pay, you know, $27 for a small pizza and stuff like that. And uh, I, I've got several, we're on the precipice of several different markets here. And, mm -hmm. and I say markets, I mean, people. Okay. Mm -hmm. I yeah. have highly educated people. I've got 
hippies. I've got uh, hipsters. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've got country people. And, you know, they're all together. And if, if you can get them to start trying things mm -hmm. uh, and they trust you, if you get their trust, that's the key. And where they they know I can go to Avalanche and I can get this kimchi uh, on a pizza with provolone cheese and stuff like that. Wow, uh, you know I just love that. You know, yeah. And uh, so I I I like to ping on that. I, I I like to be entertaining too. I yeah, uh, you're gonna be entertaining. I have no doubt. <laughs> no doubt about it. I, no but, doubt about it. I don't want to really go down the rabbit hole. I really enjoyed uh, Chris Bianco's. Uh, speaking he's a very emotional mm -hmm. guy yeah and he knows his stuff and he's he's all about the local local stuff and so that's cool uh i saw his thing on netflix last night and that that was really cool yeah really cool so awesome. what what a treasure to the industry that, that he is that he has yeah. been and that he continues to be no no doubt about it yeah and well, actually, i have no doubt your story on on tony gemignani was was stellar stellar yeah i remember yeah. i i went with him to look at that store yeah and i'm like this is a piece this of shit is, yeah everyone <laughs> told me that they're like what no no oh my god no, don't do it not. don't do it how many restaurants have been here within the last year three right. oh that's the kiss of death man but uh, yeah they're like his realtor i believe said eh, don't or his broker someone said don't don't yeah. don't go there that's not a good spot yes Tony's like home went across the street, that yeah. street to different restaurants. And yeah, it was like, this is a dying place. This is dead. Yeah. This is dead. This is dead. And um, the bums were really nice, though. And yeah. really, really <laughs> you know, I think with you, because a lot of people know who you are, because, you know, you're you're just you're already a, a leader in the industry. And so, you know, bringing it down to, you know, letting them know that you've been there and, you know, you, you have gone through, you know, trials and you continue yeah. to go through things because, you know, you're a pizzeria owner. It's just, it's never ending for you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah. I think, it, you know, in your case and in Tony's case, you know, letting people that are the small shop owners, you know, I think uh, something like 85% of our market own only one, one small one, store. One pizzeria, so, yeah. um, mm -hmm. so, you know, that, I mean, breaking it down to their to who they are i think is yeah. going to be pretty vital and that's you know that's just so after what 20 some odd years i've been in business 22 years now mm -hmm. i just opened my last store during covid and that was like <laughs> yeah. oh <laughs> <laughs> like big there wasn't an l like this in my forehead it was this big l walking <laughs> around like no one will talk to me i see a plumber on the street hey and they run you know? <laughs> no, no parts sorry uh i'm still waiting on an oven from lincoln it's uh twenty six thousand dollars 30 weeks i'm like that's a wow. baby dude that's like carrying a baby you know? <laughs> and i had to pay up front so it's just like yeah uh, but uh you know the thing is it every time I, and i i mentioned this to my wife uh the other day and i was just like 3.30 in the morning, I'm pissed off. I just burnt a batch of baguettes and, and just like, and I am cooking these pizzas. And then I look at the pizza and I, I just say, my God, this is, this is the best thing I've ever freaking done in, in, in my life. This is, this is the, the culmination of, you know, doing the dough on Wednesday night, letting it ferment, knead yeah. it again, knead it twice, yeah. bringing it out, proofing, just getting all of these forged ingredients together. 
this is the best freaking and 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 then tasting it and then just looking around and there's there's no one there but you know what <laughs> there is someone there it's 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 you it's just it's you it's you're there you. you're living you say that and just go i made this this is amazing it's mine oh it, it's a process i mean yeah. do you feel like you have to become a addicted for lack of a better word you have to fall in love with the process because it is even as creative as you are john and you're one of the most creative people i know in the kitchen it's still repetitive so yeah. if you don't love the it's like you know, i'll example i can translate i enjoy lifting weights i don't look like a power lifter but i enjoy lifting weights but yeah. it's repetitive it's the same thing over and over again but you kind of love the grind mm -hmm. um, you don't love the process this industry is not for you it's so true. And, and, you know, on top of that, you, you get those, you know, when you're in that grind and then something happens or someone does something really stupid, which, you know, sometimes happens all the time. Uh, people don't have the same yeah. curvature of, right. of, of experience that, that you have. Uh, you know, I, I tell my staff sometimes these young people, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to be the bumper, the pinball bumper on in your, in your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to back up and you're going to fly by me because I'm not going to even go there. So, yeah. And then, but then I get, what's a pinball? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, mean, really, you know, you don't really see them around too much except for uh, some really cool old school. It's in joints, an app. Right? It's, it's in an app on the phone. The pinball is in an app, right? Right. So, have you seen the app? It's a hamburger place and it's uh, my kids play it and they get slammed. And I'm like, I can't take this. And they're just two more burgers the here. And they've got their characters. And I'm like, no. You're like, this is real life, kids. My dream. Yeah, my nightmare. <laughs> Have you seen The Bear? The Bear. The movie The Bear? Uh, it's actually a series on Hulu. No. Uh -uh. It's about a restaurant, a, a guy, a fine dining chef, and his brother uh, gives him, uh, dies, and he inherits this uh, Philly, it's a Chicago uh, uh, steak uh, sandwich place on the okay. south side of Chicago, and it's uh, it's wow. the same thing. Uh, there's so many chefs I've talked to; they're like, I couldn't watch it anymore because you, the stress level is, is <laughs> it's just too stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh. Well, you're getting ready oh. to go into your main stress, uh, your your main getting everything together because tomorrow is when yeah. you really get your grind together for. Uh, or the farmers I've got market. Some really cool stuff. I'm I'm gonna do this thing, and it's insane. It's probably stupid, but uh, you know. Um. So so uh, the at Nobu they have a. I got the Nobu cookbook from way way back. Anyway, he he uh, he wicks. Uh, you know what wicking is? You take seaweed and you put it in between vegetables, and mm -hmm. it, it imparts this umami taste in this this freak. You know, it's just it's a. It's obvious. You can take a, one vegetable that you didn't wick and another one that you like carrots and you oh, just wow. taste the Correct. difference. Yeah. So what he does is uh, what uh, takes the seaweed and uses a little sake because uh, the alcohol is really good with it. And you rehydrate it and then you wick uh, vegetables on it. Uh, uh, they, mm. The Japanese do a, a vegetable that's like broccoli rob, which is mm -hmm. just imparts a lot of it because there's a lot of areas for the, you know, for the, seasoning to go in mm -hmm. i'm gonna do it with a uh, pizza romana I, I think uh or pizza oh. bianco go in uh on the paddle and, and make a, a a pizza that's about that that big mm -hmm. and uh cut it as soon as it comes out and put some of the, i have some long seaweed 
that I got. And uh, I'm going to kombu and I'm going to pop it in there and put the top back on and see see how that imparts, uh, pushes a little bit of the umami flavor in there. I, I don't know if it's going to work, but it's pretty cool. Well, that, that sounds Denise, that sounds you can't amazing. take, you know, <laughs> John cut his teeth in really great restaurants around the world, Chicago, you know, Chicago hotels. Yeah. You, you you can't you just can't take that out of John, can you? Uh, uh, no, <laughs> well, he makes me there. hungry every time yeah. I talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Thanks a lot. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, John, for coming on the show with us this oh, morning. I and I, I'm honored to have you guys. We're honored to have yeah. you. Every time we talk to you, Absolutely. a it's a pleasure. B it's entertaining. I get a good laugh. More importantly, I learn something every every time I talk to you. I learn oh, something. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. Man. And you guys we are great. cannot wait for your keynote. Um, we're so excited. excited. Uh, I'll be there front row. So oh, we're an apron. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Denise is uh -oh. gonna be in the splash zone. Who's that one gonna... guy with the watermelon? Uh, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. a rain cape. I will wear that. How about that? It's perfect. It fits over my bicycle. Nice. Cool. <laughs> nice. All right, well, guys. Uh, you know, good luck with your prep for your keynote, man. Just. Keep being creative, John, because we, we love Thanks. to see it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, John. We'll see you. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.